0: Hey, uh, this is Dr. Michael Edelstein. Welcome to our most weekly podcast and YouTube channel called Three Minute Therapy Podcast. And I'm here with my partner, Kevin Benbow. We're both REBT therapists, Rational Emotive Behavior Therapists. And uh, that is our orientation to psychotherapy and it's our orientation to these podcasts. REBT was developed by Dr. Albert Ellis in the 1950s, and that created a revolution in the psychotherapy movement, which was based on looking at your childhood as the main factor in your adult personality, whereas whereas, uh, Albert Ellis showed it's our thinking, that's the main factor, and some of our thinking could have been learned from our parents growing up. But most of our thinking tends to be genetically uh, influenced. So we all grow up with a certain way of looking at things, and then we can change that most dramatically through psychotherapy if it's effective. And uh, so that's our. That's basically our orientation. A little bit about me. I've uh, been doing REBT therapy for over 40 years, and I have uh, four books, but the most popular one on REBT is called Three Minute Therapy. Three is spelled out, and that just refers, Three Minute Therapy refers to REBT. And the book is a uh, about how you apply REBT to a whole variety of problems, including panic attacks, anxiety, depression, anger, relationship problems, procrastination, and others. Uh, And uh, Kevin is always my partner in these podcasts. Kevin, do you want to say a little bit about yourself? Sure, I'm Kevin
1: Benbow. I'm located in uh, Yuma, Arizona, where we uh, always, most of the year, enjoy temperatures uh, above 90 degrees or thereabout. Uh, I'm licensed in the states of Arizona and uh, New Mexico. Possibly in the next three or four months, I'll even be licensed in the state of California. I see pipe people rather by. I uh, secure two way video teleconferencing, also by phone. I accept a lot of insurances and EAP plans. You can also find me on platforms like Teladoc, Amwell, and MD Live.
0: Okay, very good. Very good. Uh, so today we're going to be discussing the role of genetics versus environment in, person, in uh, personality development including emotional disturbance. And I base a lot of my information on a a book by Judith Rich Harris called The Nurture Assumption. What that title means, The Nurture Assumption, is most people assume that uh, it's our upbringing that's the main influence on adult personality, where she shows through various meta-analyses of studies, uh, a lot of them are identical twin studies, that, um, that that there's a problem here called the seen versus the unseen in looking at adult personality. We see how people were raised as children. So we make connections between that and their adult personality. Most psychologists make that error, by the way, Uh, They go back to your childhood. That's why you are the way you are. But the unseen is uh, their genes. We don't see their genes, so we don't see the influences of their genes. So it's easy to dismiss that as a major factor in personality development. We see their critical, overprotective parents, their abusive parents. We don't see their genes. So that's a, a major factor. Kevin, did you want to say anything about that?
1: No, not well. I guess I, I guess I could. The whole nature, what we call the nature-nurture debate, uh, has been going on for a long time. I really don't think it's uh, one or the other. I think it's a combination of both. Uh, I think, and and what I mean by that is, I believe that uh, our genetically, uh, genetically, uh, a lot of our uh, propensity to think is uh, already established. For example, it's been observed by Piaget and other developmental psychologists that kids, uh, they tend to think, little kids rather, they tend to think in very concrete ways, very all or nothing absolutistic ways. That's how we are programmed from the beginning. And then I think we tend to learn our idiosyncratic uh, irrational imperatives from our parents and not only our parents, from our friends that tease us at school or whatever, uh, but it's caused by our beliefs. We inherit the tendency though, to climb on onto these uh, irrational beliefs from our genetics. That's just how we are as a, a species.
0: Right, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. It's, it is a combination and part of the combination as an adult, is when you think about your thinking and question your thinking, and that's what Kevin and I teach our clients to do, to uh, be empiricists and question our our uh, teach our clients to question their irrational thinking. Now, irrational thinking tends to come from uh, escalating our preferences into demands, must, should, supposed tos, have tos, So we have three main areas of uh, focus, uh, ourselves, others, and situations. And when we focus on ourselves and start with a preference, I prefer to do well and get approval, then being human, uh, we tend to escalate those preferences into demands because I prefer to do well and get approval, I absolutely must, I have to, and if I do poorly or you disapprove of me, that makes me a loser. And that leads, that kind of thinking leads to anxiety, depression, and guilt, a demand on oneself. The second area, as I mentioned, is a, uh, not a, a demand on oneself, but a demand on others, because I prefer you treat me well. You absolutely must. And if you don't, you're no good. You're a horrible person that causes anger, resentment, hostility. And the third area is an impersonal, the impersonal conditions of one's life, not oneself or others, but situations. So my life must be fair, easy, and hassle-free. And if it's not, it's terrible. It's horrible. And So I'll escape from this horrible situation through procrastination or often worse, addictions. So what you can do, and we teach our clients to be their own therapist, what you can do is if you have uh, disturbed emotions or self-defeating behaviors, regard that as a red flag to ask yourself, what's my thinking behind this? And that's a very powerful idea because then you can change your thinking and change your emotions and change your behavior. So that's really the big picture. Uh, Kevin, any anything you wanted to add about that? Sure.
1: Yeah, there's a very simple, hmm. simple question I've uh, learned to ask people over the years, and that is, uh, when they do experience the unhealthy negative emotion, the anger, the depression, the anxiety, whatever it is, uh, sometimes it can be very helpful to just take a just to stop and ask themselves, is there another way to think about this? For example, if somebody is uh, having and they're having thoughts about uh, something they saw their spouse do or something they saw their uh, or something they heard their boss say is it possible that what we could be looking at is a simple uh, cognitive error, uh, confirmation bias? Uh, I don't know if you're familiar. You've, I'm sure you've heard this, Michael. Uh, when we're depressed, we tend to wear, it's like we're wearing shit colored glasses. Everything, everything seems dark and uh, dreary. Uh, oftentimes just stopping and saying, is there another way to explain this or think about this? can give us the ability to get some uh, psychological distance from whatever is going on. Here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Also when you start with must, and I'm reminded of this, cause I had a client yesterday who had this issue. When you start with must, uh, his must is, uh, my life must go well comfortably and reasonably. And, um, So he had a depression problem, but he's been working on that. And he told me he's beat this problem because he was feeling elated. Now, I look at elation as the other side of the coin of depression and still comes from us. Life must go well. And because it is, this is fabulous. This is, uh, uh, I'm on top of the world. (laughs) He used that expression, I'm on top of the world and everything is great. But that also is false, and it's false mainly because it comes from must, the same must, my life must go well. And uh, the problem with feeling elated and having this side of the coin is that then when things go poorly, you're more likely to go back to your depression because you haven't overcome your must. Things just have been going better. So even when you're elated and feeling great on top of the world, it's good to question, challenge and contradict those musts because there's never any reason why life has to go well all the time or things must go well all the time, although it would be highly desirable if it did.
1: And I uh, I might disagree a little bit with a little bit with that. I enjoy being elated. However, I don't believe I have to be elated all the times, all the time. There are times, for example, uh, and she'll probably uh, uh, she might send me a threatening text if I uh, say this publicly, but I'm going to do it anyway. One of my daughters is pregnant. Uh, they've had a, a few difficulties in that area, and I am elated that she's pregnant. However, I enjoy it, but I don't need it for my survival. I emulate it at the prospect of having a seventh grandchildren.
0: Yeah. So the issue, I don't know that we do disagree, Kevin. The issue is, do you have a must there? That's one issue. I must have as many grandchildren as possible. And that's a, that's a genetic influence in that kind of thinking. Or are you really just very, very happy not elated in the way I'm defining it, which is fine because it comes from a preference. I strongly prefer to have Mm -hmm. as many grandchildren as possible. This is wonderful, but not my life is wonderful. And uh, everything is peaches and cream from now on. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, it certainly would not be that
1: extreme because my life is hardly peaches and cream all the time. Yeah. Uh, my, my, uh, another thing, uh, I, I tend to believe in that is also genetic is, uh, the set point of our temperament. Uh, I tend to have a, a rather, uh, cheerful disposition. I use dark humor and things like that. And I'm aware that I can see things as funny that other people don't see as funny. And that's, uh, that's just part of uh, who I am, but no, I'm, I'm painfully aware that my life is not perfect.
0: Right. Very good. Very good. So it sounds like your elation is just comes from a strong preference, not a must.
1: Right. Right. I love I love having my course. We had five kids. I love having grandchildren. The only thing is I wish I could see more of them. Just telling my wife last night, I miss my kids. I just don't miss the chaos. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: As far as the set point goes, that's an interesting idea, Kevin. I'm glad you brought it up. And uh, I agree also, we do have a set point in, in terms of how happy we are, depressed we are, but I think we can change it. And I changed my set point from when I was 18, being depressed and anxious to being more positive, optimistic and upbeat most of the time. And I changed it through therapy with Albert Ellis um, and uh, learning to identify my demands that was causing my depression set point and changing my thinking. And now I have another set point, which is much more on the uh, positive side of the set point.
1: I think, I, I agree. There, it is possible to dramatically change our emotions and, and our emotional overall state of being. Since applying these things to myself, I've noticed I'm much. It's much more easy for me to manage anger. Of course, I don't get angry very often at all. Of course, I'm not perfect. I, I do make myself angry, uh, but. Uh, uh, yeah, that, uh, it is possible for us to, uh, make dramatic changes in how we feel. So,
0: yeah. 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 Okay. Great. Well, uh, from my perspective, this must pretty much covers the subject. Uh, were there any other things you would like to add, Kevin?
1: No, I, I don't think so.
0: Okay. So, uh, thank you very much, Kevin, for, uh, being part of this and uh, a very valuable and important part of our podcast. Thank you, Chris Rossini, our tech engineer in the background there behind, the, see that curtain behind you? He's behind the curtain there. And uh, uh, he holds us together because I, and I think Kevin are not great at tech stuff. So, uh, uh, So that's the team, me, Kevin and Chris, and we will be back in a week discussing another scintillating subject. So please comment below if you have thoughts about what we discussed. Give us a thumbs up if you liked. If you heard anything in here you like, give us a thumbs up and uh, suggest subjects for our future podcasts. Uh, And if you'd like to volunteer, we always love to have volunteers. By the way, I met a woman who does eclectic therapy and I, I said, um, well, Kevin and I uh, in a few weeks are going to be discussing eclectic, eclectic therapy. Would you like to come on uh, as a guest and as a practitioner? And she said, absolutely not. And <laughs> Albert Ellis' uh, comment on that is, Therapists are the craziest people around. So (laughs) so, No, she didn't give any reason. uh, Just close the door, shut the door immediately. So uh, send us, be a volunteer, send us people who might be interested in having free therapy. We'll give you a free half hour uh, with me and Kevin curing you of all your emotional ills. What could be better than that? Donate to Patreon to help support us. And subscribe to 3 Minute Therapy Podcast to stay on the rational side of life.